interior leather bar. That is what we are discussing today. That is what I'm going to review and explain and try to entice you to see. So I usually would tell you, hey, spoilers. Whenever I get to the spoilers, I will let you know. Um, and I will, but it's kind of reversed this time. And I think that trying to explain this movie and get you to see it is just a very subtle transition before I get into spoilers. But I will try and notify you before I do that. But it's going to be kind of hard with this one. So first of all, what is this film about? Why should you watch it? Um, who is it for? And also, what did I love about it without getting into spoilers? Um, so you'll recognize the name James Franco, I'm sure, much more than you will Travis Matthews. They work together on this. Travis Matthews is a like independent filmmaker. Um, James Franco, I'm sure you already know. Uh, but he does... What I love about James Franco is other than like kind of certain more... I don't want to know if I want to call them blockbuster movies, but big Hollywood movies, he does a lot of artistic things. Uh, he does a lot of interesting things um, that he likes to explore in a very artistic way. Basically, I would just say he's an artist and he does art projects, um, film-related, also like writing short stories and doing other things. So anyway, this is definitely an art artsy-type film, an arty film. It's it's very conceptual, has a lot of layers, but the premise behind it is that it is a documentary and that what they're trying to do is recreate some footage that was cut out of another film. So the film, Cruising, starring Al Pacino, uh, man, I should have looked this up. I believe it was in the 80s. Um, the director had to cut out 40 minutes, it was said, of the film in order for it to avoid an X rating and just have an R rating so that it could be shown in regular theaters for the masses. So what Interior Leather Bar is doing, even by name, the, that's the name of the scene, Interior Leather Bar. They are shooting the scene of a leather bar which would have been cut out of, like they picked this part that, that was cut out of the movie Cruising. And they wanted to recreate what would that scene look like? What would that, th those lost minutes of this film really look like? And what the film does is explore censorship and sexuality and why an audience or people or the masses or whatever are shown certain things and not shown other things. Why is that okay? Why is it not okay? And having conversations around... Um, around that, I guess. And a lot of it has to do with just human sexuality and exploring, you know, censorship and freedom um, to create and express yourself. What is art? What is porn? Um, is there a difference? And what is the purpose of these things? What was the purpose of that footage being cut? Is that okay? Is it not okay? Or what we're doing to recreate that footage, is, is that okay? Is it not okay? That's kind of what this film is exploring. Um, if you're not familiar with leather bars in general, we are generally talking about like this movie or that scene. Let's go back to Cruising. <laughs> cruising had to do with, and I haven't seen it, so it's just interesting. This makes me want to see it, whereas I didn't even know that movie existed beforehand. But basically, Al Pacino's character is a undercover cop. He's a straight 
straight undercover cop who has to try and he's investigating a murder, I believe. And part of what he, he has to do is go into like the gay bar scene um, and go to clubs and things because he is trying to um, do investigative work on suspects and figure out who killed this other person. And part of that is just a struggle with like how does he play that? And it's layered. It's like how does this actor play like that Inception kind of thing, right? An actor is playing someone who is also acting. They're playing... They have to go undercover. They have a facade. They have their own character. So it's an actor playing a character playing a character. And here in Interior Leather Bar, we have an exploration as well of what Al Pacino might have gone through or what an actor sometimes goes through when they have to do something like that, is play a character playing a character. And also... There's a lot of behind-the-scenes footage here, why it's framed as a documentary of, you know, the struggles of Val, who is the actor who is supposed to be playing Al Pacino. The struggles he goes through as an actor, or could go through as an actor, to kind of fit into this vision of James Franco and Travis Matthews. Of saying, like, I... You know, it's said a couple times here, he's like, hey, I just know that James has, like, a thing he wants to do, and I want to help him do that. He has a vision, and I believe, and I respect, like, I, res I believe in him. I respect him, and I don't necessarily understand this project, but I want to, and I'm trying to wrap my head around it, but I just want to help him realize that project. I want to help him do what he wants to do. And that's kind of like almost what a lot of a lot of actors kind of do do sometimes. They're more like sessional players, and they're like, "I don't even need to understand all the details of this. You want me to do a thing and play a certain part, and I'm here to do that. And if that helps you complete your vision, I don't even have to understand your vision. Sometimes I just have to understand this character, and I'm playing that role, and that's it. And this is kind of a struggle with that. Um, but again, why should you see this film? Why should you see it? Um, I would say you should see it because I believe that for a lot of people, it will be challenging in different ways. For me, as also a straight male, uh, a straight cis male, this was challenging to me because of the, the sexual scenes that are explicit and that are, are talked about and shown very visually that I normally would never seek out. Because I think a lot of those things I would only see in porn if I were to seek out that kind of porn, which I don't. And seeing it in this context challenged me just as a straight cis male with certain, with my own certain um, nurturings, I guess, by the media and family and, and whatever else, my environment of what is acceptable and what is not and also what is beautiful and what is not um what is art what is porn what is acceptable in in film to tell the story and what what isn't what crosses boundaries and lines and so i like to believe that i am generally fairly open-minded with a lot of things right to consensual adults um that are both cognitively able of making decisions 
should be able to participate in acts, uh, again, consensually, and I have no problem with those things, but I would never seek out to see some of those things. But the way that this is presented is in this other high-concept film or documentary and, and things that... that I, it's showing me these things because it's part of telling the story. But because I'm not familiar with seeing those things, I don't seek out those things. I'm not comfortable with those things. And I like to be challenged, but I wouldn't seek out this challenge. So, again, if you are someone who wants to be challenged by a film and have concepts and questions arise for you, especially in the area of art and censorship and sexuality, and exploring those things, I would say this is for you. You are, and I don't like giving disclaimers at times, but I feel like there's somewhat of a responsibility to do that. You are going to see nudity. You are going to see some sexual acts. They are brief. They are there to illustrate these points and tell the story and make you question things. And they are not by any means... I mean, there's a purpose. There is a purpose. They're not just thrown in there without a purpose. Everything here, I believe, is done very deliberately. The way that this is cut, edited, written, filmed, discussed. Um, these conversations, etc. They are very deliberate. And I, I feel like this is just something that I've never been confronted with before in this way. I've talked before about freedom of expression and censorship and art, and I feel very passionate about those things, um, but this in a new way of throwing sexuality into the mix. So before I get into further spoilers, because this is a very layered film, it, ma it, ma it makes me smile because it's like, it's presented as a documentary, it's presented as Hey, let's explore what that, that 40 minutes would look like. Let's refilm that. But a lot of it is behind the scenes and these conversations and these challenges. And it's not just showing you, here's what we filmed that would fill the gap of that 40 minutes. That's not really what it is. Although there is some of that. Last thing that I will say before I move on into some spoiler territory is that if you've ever seen the movie Knocked Up, there is a scene. And I honestly can't remember if it's in the extras or if it is in the feature film. But on the DVD, there is a scene, um, whether it's in extras or not, where the actors, Jonah Hill and Katherine Heigl, their characters are alone together. And Jonah Hill's character is watching a film, and basically they're running a website. Not the two of them, but Jonah Hill and his roommates are running a website where... They basically find nudity in films, and they tell you this is this in this movie. You can see this actor nude, this type of nudity for this duration. Here's the timestamp, and they're giving all of those details, and that's what they're trying to do with this website. So he's watching films and he's taking notes, and they get into a discussion about Brokeback Mountain, and Jonah Hill's character is upset and angry and frustrated and saying it's supposed to be this this big. Um, celebration of, of homosexuality and, and how, you know, it's being celebrated as this thing. And it's like, you don't see, you don't see nudity. Like, he's much more crude about what he's saying. What he's saying, you don't see sex. We don't see any gay sex happening. 
And he's just like, show me this and show me that and show me that. And he's like, if you're going to do it, just do it. And he's getting really worked up by it. And I think that I relate that to this film of the things they talk about in this film. Things that James Franco talks about with Val. Um, about, you know, why are certain things shown or why are certain things not shown? And that's, that's silly. And how if you're going to do it, then just do it. And don't try to protect me from that. Show me these things. Um, that's a really long-winded explanation of what it's about, why you see it. It's a strong film. It's layered. It's cheeky. It's fun. Um, but I also believe it's important. And I do, before I get into spoilers, I do want to give kudos to Netflix. Because I found this on Netflix, like, years ago. Like, I think right after it came out, like, 2014, it was on Netflix. And I give kudos to them because... That's the most nudity I've seen on Netflix, but also within the context, whoever made that decision to have this on there, I think really understood what they were trying to do and its importance and the concepts behind it were more important than the nudity itself because the nudity is just a storytelling device and it's not the story in and of itself. Okay. Moving into spoilers. Spoilers jazz hands happening right now. Spoilers. So, it's framed as a documentary, but we see in the movie that there are times where things are very scripted. In fact, Val is reading straight up off a script. He is like reading what he is doing. He is in an alley at one point reading about him sitting in an alley reading the script. We don't know what is real and what is not. And what I mean by real is we don't know what is behind the scenes, candid footage, unscripted, versus this is a script and this is what they're supposed to be doing. There are a few hints into that. There are times where um, Travis Matthews cuts in while two people, while Val is talking to another guy and says, like, hey, ask him about this. Like, he asked you about that? Now ask him about that. He's guiding them. He's telling them what they should be talking about. But this is filmed, and it, they're filming, filming. Again, we have that Inception meta thing happening where there are times where they are filming the filming. And so we've got this really cool exploration, and I, I believe this is telling a story, but more than one story. I believe that the premise of this, like we wanted to explore that 40 minutes, I think they wanted to explore the concept of that 40 minutes, but they are not genuinely trying to only film what that would look like and show an audience. That's not it. Like, that's not all that it is. Um, what, what else is happening is that they're just playing around with the format of filmmaking as well in order as a storytelling device, but they're also showing, I think, the struggle that Al Pacino might have had to go through because Val is going through that struggle. Um, talking to his agent and, and his wife, and how, how comfortable are they with this? And his agent telling him, like, anyone's going to see this as porn and you're going to be attached to it. Your name is in there. They're going to see this as porn and you're committing career suicide and you shouldn't be doing it. And I don't know what the hell you're doing. And there's conversations, you know, with him and his wife. And, like, he says he's going to be home at a certain time and he's not home for that. And we wonder why is he not home for that? He stays late. Is it just because he's dedicated to his craft that much? He says he wants to help James fulfill his vision, but he doesn't understand his vision, but he's trying to understand his vision, but he really just wants to do this work and just do, like, this stuff that will help James tell his story. 
Um, and James is being cheeky, and just, he's playing James. Sometimes he might be James Franco. Other times he is playing James Franco, and there's a difference. Um, and, and it's a fun, cheeky thing that we don't know explicitly where those differences are sometimes. It's not shown to us um, in the way that that is obvious. It's just not there. We don't know sometimes. And that's, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, it's one of those things where it's just, it's not a mockumentary. It is a film. And I don't know if any of it is a quote-unquote documentary or not. Because I don't know how much of it is scripted versus just candid conversation. I think in a lot of documentaries there's questions that are thought of ahead of time. And people candidly answering those questions in real time. And then there's behind-the-scenes footage, right, that they edit and compile and whatever. They're playing with this format of documentary, too. Like, how much fiction can go into a documentary? That's like, how much fiction can go into reality television? It's not reality. They're creating scenarios for people. Um, you know what I mean? Like, this, this isn't legitimate. And sometimes there is coaching as to, you need to react stronger. You need to react like this. You need to do this. You need to do that. That's not how you would normally react. But you're amping your personality up to 10 for this. Um, and that's the thing. James Franco is playing James Franco. Sometimes he is not just being himself. So playing with that format is really interesting. And this being presented as just finding this footage is one thing. But I think in reality it's more of exploring that, that moment of Al Pacino and what, what he might have had to go through as an actor. Or either way, it's exploring what Val could be going through, yet we know that sometimes he's not legitimately going through it because these are scripted moments, and other times he might be trying to figure it out, but other times he might just been in the know 100% of the time. We don't know which parts are genuine and which parts aren't. Um, I think it's genuine in a storytelling period. I think that it is fantastic and amazing in what it is doing and the questions we, we are presented with. I think that the conversation between Val and James that very explicitly tells you what they are trying to do and express and challenge is needed. And there's a lot more subtleties going on all around it, but it is incredibly needed um, for those people who aren't maybe seeing the rest of it. And like, it's a very real conversation. And James Franco outlines things. <laughs> he out he outlines things very plainly, and he, it's an important discussion. And part of that discussion is him saying, "Why do we only get to see straight sex in movies? Why is that a thing?" He he says, "I'm tired of being told what's okay and what's not. I want to see certain things. I want to be presented with certain things. If we get to see sex in movies, we should get to see a bunch of different kinds of sex." Not just, you know, straight, tame sex or whatever, right? Um, that we should get to see these, these alternative um, sexual things. Straight and, and homosexual and whatever else. And he's saying, like, I've been, I'm tired of people been tell, telling you, like, you know, again, gatekeeping, basically. Or just, like, curating what is cool, what is not cool, what is good, what is bad, what is okay, what is sinful... And so that is part of what he's doing is exploring this and how to even present it in a way. It, it's funny because like I think a lot of the things here are very palatable and very beautiful and they, they show 
a lot of beauty in some of these sexual acts. And you could show that beauty with, with straight sex, too, that they're not normally shown that way in movies. And I think it's funny because, like, there is more beauty in some of these sexual acts than I've ever seen in any film ever because of the editing and the cuts and the lack of nudity and, like, that not... He talks about sexual acts and, and sex just being a storytelling device. And it, and it is. But there's this line that is is not crossed in, you know, feature films uh, because it would be whatever, inappropriate or too much or whatever. But yet, we've got an R rating for a reason. And he talks about the comparison of violence and, and showing violence versus showing sex. And how sex would be a better storytelling device and a more palatable one and... Maybe he doesn't explicitly say it, but I really think he's hinting at it. Because he brings up, like, why are we allowed to see people's heads getting blown off when you're 14 years old and we can't see, like, real sex that, that happens, that, like, is beautiful and loving and caring and whatever. And, and, and also, why do we not see homosexual sex? Like, if we can see this type of sex here, we don't even get to see that type of sex reflected within the LGBTQ community. Like, that representation is just not there. There's a massive disparity, right? Um, and that's why I made that, that connection to Brokeback Mountain and Knocked Up uh, when they are discussing that. You should look up that scene, Knocked Up, Catherine Heigl and Jonah Hill discussing that in Knocked Up, uh, discussing Brokeback Mountain. So those, those, that conversation outside is a really important one. But again, there's all these little subtleties and hints of like, wait, what? Is he telling? Is he reading a script of him doing the thing he's doing right now? Like, what is going on there? And so we don't know how much of it is orchestrated, planned, edited, how much of it was just like, you know, I, I saw I saw an interview with James Franco where he was saying, we just really started with the, these conversations. We wanted to film the conversations about what we were trying to achieve with this film. And then it kind of just snowballed and got away from us and we just went with it. I don't know how much of that is legitimate or not. I think Franco is incredibly artistically intelligent and creative. And I don't know if that is part of playing that, that playfulness with like him playing himself and him just wanting to present this in a certain way that he didn't want to... Like, even in the film, he says, yeah, just whatever. Who cares about scripts? And that's like a cheeky fun. Who cares about scripts? When they're reading from scripts. And it's like, who cares about... Just go in there. Just get a feel for it. Just do whatever, man. And it's just like, he's definitely playing himself in that moment. He's not being himself. He's playing himself. Um... It's just wonderfully done. Again, there's a lot of challenges depending on who you are. And as for me, take out the homosexual element, take out the the LGBTQ rights element. It's just the freedom of expression and, and art and censorship and all that stuff. What stories do we get to tell um, and why and the gatekeeping? That element alone is highly engaging for me. And it is challenging and it... it, it it makes me think about those things. You add in this other element that for me, with my upbringing and my nurturing and me and my certain parts of my nature being a straight cis male and certain things that I'm open to and certain things I've been told not to be open to, even someone who believes in all that context that they are fairly open, it was still challenging for me because I don't expose myself to these visuals and these images. I don't do it. And this made me do it. And I've seen this film multiple times just because it is worth showing other people. 
And so, yeah, it, it doesn't like, it is challenging to me every time that I see it. And I think I've seen it three times now. It's challenging me every time because again, I don't seek these things out. I don't, I think that they are beautiful and wonderful, but that challenges me is like, oh, like if I can, that that's not gross. Like I've been taught my whole life or, or for how long that, you know, gay sex is gross. That's disgusting. Like why? It's just sex, right? And I think sex can be beautiful. I think sex can be gross in a, in a conceptual way. I think that it can offend me by it not having a certain amount of feeling like the, the offensive parts of sex to me, I guess, are not who you're doing it with. It is more about the why and the how. And part of what is shown here is how that's beautiful. And, it, and, and like, if that, like, it's just, yeah, it's, it's just, there's a lot of beauty in this film. But also an extra layer is part of it is, I think, just educational. They have a dude. He is on the cover. I forget his name. But he's not just an actor. Like, that seems really apparent in the subtleties. But they call him Master So-and-So instead of, like, Hey, Val, can you come over here? Like, no. He is there and he is educating other people on S&M stuff. On leather bar, like, almost etiquette. Like, on this quote-unquote alternative culture. Like... He is coaching people. He is instructing them. He is, um, you know, putting things on people and showing them how they work and whatever. And it's just like, there's so many layers to this thing because that is another thing that happens. It's like sex ed, but in this very specific way of showing this specific type of culture. And these are things I think that I've already been exposed to. So those things weren't necessarily super challenging for me of like, you know, boot worshipping and, and, and just like leather culture and stuff, right? Um, but for some people, I think that's going to be a really big, like, what is happening right now? But it's done in this way where he is, like, educating. But it's not like, hey, welcome to Sex Ed. My name's Master Whatever, and I'm here to tell you about leather daddies. Like, that's not how it's done. It's all in this, like, cool, like layered, subversive, but not, not subversive in like a negative way. It's just like a cheeky, fun, playful, artistic, conceptual like way of expressing a lot of these ideas and challenging an audience and asking questions and blatantly stating what, what isn't okay is for other people and environments and media to tell you this is the only type of thing that's okay. 